Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Time for your daily news brief. We get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. So I think this is the first time since Tom Brady has left the Patriots hickey where I'm actually starting to show my frustration with this football team. And last year I was annoyed, but you still have the honeymoon from all the championships where I felt weird just going off and teeing off on this team. But the approach last year made no sense. And this year you kind of half fixed it, bringing in Bill O'Brien, but still not bringing in number one wide receivers. But I think you understand that I'm very close to just like going nuts about this team. And I know we had a little bit of a rant at 6.20 p.m. Eastern earlier in the show, but I think, Hickey, you're trying to really make me go like over the top here and ultimately just lose my mind with the first audio clip that you have here in the news brief. I I think you're intentionally just trying to take that knife and and stab it in my back. No, if anything, I'm just trying to give the people what they deserve and what they want. And this was a clip that was talked about a lot from Tyreek Hill after a win. And I figured we got it. He's a wonderful human being, let me say. Hey, hey, he he said it. He said it. Yeah, uh, great source in in Tyreek Hill. Let me tell you, he's someone that I would love to uh, watch, right, children. And also, um, if you have a girlfriend, you would would feel safe with with Tyreek Hill. Uh, If he was hanging around your girlfriend, absolutely, with some of the things that he has been accused of throughout the years. This is Tyreek Hill saying Patriot fans are awful fans. Those fans are, you know, some of the worst fans in the, in, in the NFL. And, I, and I'm going to stand on that, man, because they're, they are real nasty. And yeah. some of the things that they were saying wasn't, you know, I wouldn't say in church. So, um, yeah, it felt great to uh, wave goodbye to the fans, and I'll do it again. Bye. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't condone anyone saying disgusting things to a football player. Let's just get that on the record first. I would never advocate for that. I think fan behavior at games could sometimes be just so stupid. But I'm not going to get worked up over Tyreek Hill, who is a bad human being, going after Patriot fans and saying they are awful fans. Maybe it takes one to know one, though, uh, if you want to go down that road, because it's not as if Tyreek Hill is this wonderful, law-abiding citizen. Let's go to Zach Wilson. He says he thought he played okay for the most part. You know, I thought I thought I was seeing it well for the first three quarters of that game, but you know we kept getting stopped, and you know there's always going to be things we can keep cleaning up. But you know I thought I was seeing it well at least for the for the first three quarters, and um, you know I think if we go back and watch this film, we'll be able to keep keep pushing on some of that stuff. Brees Hall says the offense didn't help Zach Wilson out enough. 
You know, it was just tough sledding for us today. Um, felt like we could have helped Zach out some more. Um, backs, O-line, receivers, everybody. I feel like we all could have helped Zach out some more, you know. those. I feel like those last two picks weren't on him. He was just trying to make a play, trying to get us get us going, get something going. So, you know, maybe the first one he probably could have just started away, made a better decision. But the last two was just him trying to make a play. So I don't feel like that was on him at all. And Robert Salo says Zach Wilson was decent. Up until we had to force it, you know, I thought he did a really nice job. He, he had a, uh, that stri- the, the uh, strike route to um, Garrett for that big touchdown. I thought he did a really nice job at the end of half, uh, moving the chains, getting us some points. Um, it just, uh, like I said, it, uh, that team, when you have to get into a drop-back game with those guys consistently, it's not, it's not going to be pretty. So there's a reason why I quickly played all three of those clips from Zach Wilson, Brees Hall, and Robert Sala back-to-back-to-back. Zach Wilson said he played okay. Brees Hall says the offense didn't help Zach Wilson out enough. And then Robert Salas said Zach Wilson was decent. That's what Zach Wilson's going to be. Like, there's going to be some games where he's horrible and he shows you why he's not a starting quarterback. And then his good is just being decent. Ultimately, Hickey, the Jets are going nowhere if Zach Wilson is their starting quarterback for the rest of the season. And I don't know what the alternative is, what the realistic alternative is, to go bring in another quarterback, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers already talking about this special Achilles surgery where he could come back in January. But even if somehow Aaron Rodgers heals at this ridiculously crazy rate with the band that they put on the Achilles to expedite this and and all that stuff that I don't really understand, the Jets aren't going to be in the playoffs in January because the Jets have a defense that we thought was really good. I'm not going to crush them after one game, but that defense was horrible yesterday. And their offense, without Aaron Rodgers, you have some playmakers, but you're not good enough to go make the postseason. You're the team that you were last year, where you'll win some games that you probably aren't expected to, and then you're going to lose a lot more games than you're going to win, and you're going to be on the outside looking in come playoff time. They're not obviously going crazy and fawning over Zach Wilson, but think about how they're talking about a quarterback. Forget the three picks at the end. Throw them out for a second. We're talking about a guy who... Had scored 10 points in three quarters, and really the Jets did not get a lot going even outside of the, the two mm-hmm. scoring drives. What was a long touchdown to Garrett Wilson? And one, for the most part, Zach Wilson just ran the, every play to get him in field goal range. The margin of error for this team with Zach Wilson is basically zero. Yeah. Zero. You can't, uh, you need the defense to pitch a shutout, get a turnover, score a touchdown. And not have Zach Wilson give the way, uh, give the game away, and that's how you're going to win games. So not you're, sustainable. You're not wrong, but you would admit when you look back at that game yesterday, it's not as if Zach Wilson was like the glaring reason why they lost the game. The first thing that jumped out to me was this Jet defense, where uh, we had one of the players saying, "Oh, like they could be like the '85 Bears. They could be historically great defense." Well, all-time great defenses don't have performances like that yesterday. And I know the Cowboys are a good team. And they deserve their flowers as well for this good 2-0 start. And we'll see if the Cowboys get the job done in the postseason. My biggest takeaway from the game yesterday was this wonderful defense on paper was a complete no-show yesterday. You're not wrong. And again, Zach Wilson, is he reason number one why they lost? No. But if that's also the bar you're setting of, hey, just don't be the reason why yeah. you lose. It's very hard to win a lot of games with a quarterback that's basically you're asking him not to be a liability. So Brandon Staley starts the year off 0-2. And Brandon Staley... When he uh, lost two games to the Dolphins and the Titans, uh, he gets frustrated with a question about not finishing another game. It has nothing to do with the Jacksonville game. It's a convenient storyline for you and for everybody else, but it's not the truth. The men in that locker room, they are finishers and they have what it takes, and we're excited to prove ourselves. Just now, what, uh, 
Yeah, we just lost a game in overtime, Jeff. So how do you think the mood is? How do you think the mood is? How do you think it is? Wow, that clip is showing me that Brandon Staley started to feel the pressure. There is no way, unless the Spanos family is just so cheap, that he's going to be back as a head football coach next year. And he set the tone in the wrong way through these first two games of the season. And I'll say this once again, the two names that I immediately think of to replace Brandon Staley with a team that's loaded with talent, Jim Harbaugh, if he's going to feud with the NCAA and if he wants to go back to the, the NFL, we all know Jim Harbaugh, four years with the 49ers, got the three NFC championship games and also a Super Bowl. I think Jim Harbaugh would be a wonderful addition for the Chargers and would help out Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. I know he didn't play yesterday. Um, and also uh, Quinn and Johnson immensely. And then the other is Eric Bieniemy. Because here's the problem. I think Brandon Staley is too much of a player's coach. Like Bieniemy, you heard a little bit, right, from Rivera and the players that they thought he was too tough. I don't think you need a drill sergeant, but there needs to be more accountability on that team. And this guy, Brandon Staley, is just a pushover, and they run right through him, and then he gets so annoyed with the media after the game. I, I'm, I've had enough of Brandon Staley. I didn't believe in him going into the season. Now, I still think they could be a playoff team because of the talent, but this guy we know is not the right coach. Here is Sean Payton saying the Broncos uh, blew the game up against the Commanders. We let him back in. And this, this game, this league, it's, you know, the leads can evaporate quickly, and this one did. I can't change that we're... 0-2, but I, I can certainly change how we approach the next game and, and prepare to play the third game. And here's the thing. They, sh they should have won the game, and then they shouldn't have won the game, if that makes sense. Like, when they're up 21-3 to in the second quarter, you should win the game. But then, when the Commanders take that 35-24 to lead after Brian Robinson Jr. found the end zone for the second time in the fourth quarter, then you should not have won the game. But the fact that that game almost got to overtime, Hickey, with that 50-yard Hail Mary by Russell Wilson to Brandon Johnson, and then the two-point conversion was no good. I thought there was pass interference on the play. That's got to be just such a terrible way to lose a football game where you have the emotional high of being up to 21-3, to then looking like you're going to be done and dead in this game, then you complete that crazy Hail Mary with no time left, and then you don't get the two-point conversion. That is as chaotic and a roller coaster ride of emotions that you'll ever see if you're a Broncos fan. And when you get down to the end of the finish line, it was a crappy roller coaster ride. I think he was rather get blown out at that point, right? Like, Absolutely. Say, I'd rather lose 40 nothing. Right? Like, at least you, there's no optimism, not once but twice. And then it ripped away. And if we're going to talk about the Jets defense, this is another defense, right? The Broncos, supposed to be great. That defense with a 21 to 3 lead has to get the job done. And also. The Broncos just don't have enough weapons on offense, but Russell Wilson, with the amount of money that he's getting paid, he just doesn't have that it factor anymore. And I keep on saying this, Russell Wilson's ceiling now, which used to be a great quarterback, is probably just being a good quarterback, and with how much you gave up to get him, and with how much money you're paying him, he can't just be a good quarterback. Joe Burrow, on why he still has confidence even after an 0-2 start for the second year in a row. Well, we've done it before. Um, obviously, you don't want to start 0-2. Uh, it's not not what we were planning on, not not what you want to do at all. But, uh, you know, we're going to bounce back. That's what we do. Um, that's all there is to it. And Joe Burrow re-aggravated that calf strain that he had a few weeks ago or a few months ago now. Zach Taylor from today says Joe Burrow's calf is still hurting. That's hard to say right now. You know, I did it really one of the last three plays of the game probably. So just sore. We haven't done anything on the field yet. You think he plays this weekend up against the Rams? I do. 
Now, you could get into the conversation, should he play? And I think that's a different conversation, but will he play? I think you're seeing Joe Burrow up against the Rams. I think because they're 0-2, I think you're right. I believe that's a Monday night game, so you get one yeah. extra day of rest compared to Sunday, obviously. Quick math there for you. But if they're 1-1-2-0, one one, <laughs> no, I would probably say maybe take it easy. 0-2 with maybe your season on the line, I think he plays. We may be on to a new segment here. Quick math with Hot Take Hickey on CBS Sports Radio. Pete Carroll, my guy, Hickey's guy, everybody's guy. Pete Carroll says this was a huge win for the Seahawks. Plays. We needed every one of those plays to, to get this win as close as it was. So um, I know you guys are right all about it and all, but this is just a coach just overflowing with, with praise for our guys um, because of the way they came through. And we needed this badly. We, we, we know what happened last week, and, and uh, we stunk it up in the second half, and we were ready to show that we can play anybody, anywhere, anytime. And, and uh, I'm, I'm so thrilled that, that, that we can say that we got away with the win here. So, Hickey, I couldn't believe this at halftime when it's 14-7. to 7 which is not an insurmountable score for the Seahawks to have to come back from. They were plus 450 on the money line. And I ended up taking them, and I ended up laughing to the bank. But that was a great game. The first half is like, oh, low scoring. And the second half, that was the game that we expected with the high-octane offense and type of performances from both teams. And the Seahawks end up being the better team. The Seahawks needed that because you know what happens. You go 0-2 after having a miraculous season like you did a year ago, then people start to question you. You look at the Seahawks' next two games. I play the Panthers. That should be a win, and that game is at the 12th man. And then they have a game up against the Giants, which I know the Giants had that crazy comeback yesterday, but it's not as if I'm really impressed with the Giants. They were going up against the Arizona Cardinals, and the Giants just had a MetLife massacre occur to them in their first game of the season up against the Dallas Cowboys. And if they win those two games, take care of business. Three and one start easily erases the week one loss. You kind of forget all about it. Does it make you a believer in the Seattle Seahawks? I'm still riding the Rams. Really? That's right. The Rams have had a decent showing, I will they say. Week pl- one, great. And then week two, they, they hung in there for a bit up against the 49ers. But they don't ultimately have enough talent, I think. Stafford's been great. He's been surgical. But I don't love that defense. Puka Nakua, maybe he turns out to be the next star. But I'm not ready to say that after after two games. Uh, Daniel Jones on why the team did not give up down 20 to nothing at half. I think it's just about, you know, it's about execution and, and uh, you know, you can't really afford to afford to think about any of that or get, you know, emotion, you know, emotional or, or thinking about, you know, any anything outside of what your job is. And that's to execute and, and focus on, you know, kind of one play at a time and being right there, you know, in that play and, and making sure you're taking advantage of it. Now, wins are tough to come by in the NFL. And I think we've seen through the first two weeks with the Cardinals that they're a football team that may be a little bit better than what we think. Now, they're going to lose a ton of games. We all know that. But ownership and GMs, they may be tanking. Players and coaches don't. And this is now back-to-back weeks where the Cardinals could have won games and they ended up losing it. And you ultimately look through a course of 60 minutes, they don't have the talent to win many games. But that giant performance yesterday, I think you said earlier in the week, Hickey, there isn't a team that needed a victory more than the Giants, because they would have lost that game. That's another team where last year kind of felt like a miraculous season. You start the year off 0-2, everyone's calling you frauds. I'm not ready to say the Giants are going to the playoffs. I don't believe the Giants are going to the playoffs. I think I've been saying all offseason long, I think they regress a little bit this year. But that's a game that if you're a Giant fan, you just wipe the sweat off your forehead and say, whew, lucky to win that game, even though the quarterback was sensational in the second half. Impressive second half performance. Like I said, give Dan Jones credit for Saving them for what would be easily the most embarrassing loss of the weekend. But with that said, the fact you're down 20 nothing and a half says all. 
Coach Prime discusses who is the best head coach in college football. This was via his chat with 60 Minutes. Who's the best coach in college football today? Let me see. Let me see a mirror so I can look at it. <laughs> you feel that? What? You think I'm going to sit up here and tell you somebody else? You think, you think that's the way I operate? <laughs> that somebody else got that on me? But I tell you this. I love and I adore and I respect and every time I do a commercial quack, with quack. Coach Saban, it's a gift. Just sitting in his presence and hearing him and, and throwing something else out there so I could hear his viewpoint on it because he's forgotten more things than I may ever accomplish. So I'm a student looking up to this wonderful teacher saying, just, just, just throw me a crumb of what you know. You know what the biggest takeaway is from Coach Prime? He's more of an old-school coach than what people would think in this new era of NIL and also the transfer portal, but it's all about the mentality. I love that he says that he's the best coach, or he's not going to say it isn't him, still while giving praise to Nick Saban. But another clip in that interview that I heard was the guy doing the interview from 60 Minutes was a little critical of his speech to the team, and he said, "If and this is what Coach Prime's response was, if you're going to allow me saying I'm going to bring my own players in and I'm going to basically get you guys out of the program that don't belong here to affect you with those words, then you're not fit for what we want to do. And I think that was the part that was lost in the big speech when Coach Prime took over as Colorado was he was just trying to eliminate the guys that did not want to be there. And I know he brought in, what, overturned 80% of the roster. But listening to that interview, I've always had respect for Deion Sanders, but his brilliance and his mentality just resonates a ton in the clips that I saw from the 60-minute interview. Zach Gelb, Show, CBS Sports Radio. That's a news brief. We'll come on back with our betting update from Nick Costos. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to The Zach Gelb Show. You can always listen to Nick Costos on You Better You Bet via BetQL, Monday through Fridays, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern, and then on Sundays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Also, you can hear him on the fan from 8.30 to 9 a.m. Eastern as well. And get the BetMGM app today. Now you are winning with the king of sportsbooks. Please gamble responsibly. Nick Costas joins us in football season each and every Monday right here at 7.20 p.m. Eastern, 4.20 p.m. Pacific on CBS Sports Radio. Nick, how are you? Zach, what's going on, my friend? Great to be back on with you and uh, sweating my uh, my New Orleans Saints bet right now. It doesn't feel good to uh, lay points on the road in primetime with Derek Carr and Dennis Allen, but here we are, buddy, in the first of the Monday Night Football doubleheader. Yeah, the Saints are a team that everyone said, oh, they'll win the NFC South this year. I don't have a lot of confidence in the Panthers. We'll see how this game uh, is going to play on out, but I expect this to be low scoring and sloppy, and I know it's early, but that's the way that it's it's looking like so far. Yeah, we talked about it on You Better You Bet, Zach, before we went off the air at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern time, and hard not to like this under as well. Uh, my, my co-host, Ken Barkley, bet the under. I laid three with New Orleans. Uh, so far, I think I'd prefer his bet if I could choose with the under <laughs> on the game, but uh, as Miles Sanders breaks off a long run here, Panthers in about midfield not to do play-by-play. Uh, I am, I'm hoping that the Saints are able to cash this bet for me. So something I don't get from yesterday and it's not just because I had the Niners laying seven thankfully I didn't have them laying seven and a half points is Sean McVay down 10 kicking that field goal at the end of the game did he have money on the game, do we need to launch an investigation against Sean McVay? Well, I well, I'm happy that you bet the best number available with San Francisco. It went, went all the way down to seven. I bet seven and a half with the oh. Rams on Friday, so I was able to cash there and okay. look like. Yeah, he's my king at this point. Like Sean McVay <laughs> is my king. He is my absolute hero. I, and it's really interesting, right? Because like the win probability when Sean McVay has that decision to make is literally like 100% in favor of the 49ers. Like there is nothing that he can do. There's no decision that he can make that can win his team the game. They are down by two scores. There is like only time for one play. He can only do one thing. We talked about this on the show today. I think, and curious if you agree or disagree, I think there is a literal 100, not 90, 100% chance that every coach in the NFL and all the players, they know what the point spread is of the games that they're playing in. We hear it's used as bulletin board material all the time. I, I think that there's a reasonable chance that McVay was like, hey, like we're going to lose anyway. Let's at least try and cover the spread for the people that bet on us. Now, I have no inside information that that's the case. I would not be shocked, though, if it were. And I definitely think he knew what the point spread was going into the game. It makes no sense in terms of why he took the field goal. So therefore, I think you're you're on to something there. Well, like, what if Stafford gets hurt on the final play of the game? Nakua gets hurt. It's absolutely yeah. meaningless. Like, I, Kyron Williams gets hurt. Tutu Atwell gets hurt. An offensive lineman gets hurt. I think there's ways to explain it. Like, you you lose the game either way, so why not, like, take the option that presents, like, the least opportunity to get your star players hurt? Yeah, but then, like, a lineman or something gets hurt. Like, remember all those years ago, Belichick, uh, I think it was up against the Colts where he put Gronk in on, a, on an extra point or a field goal, and then Gronk got hurt. 
So then you could lose a, a lineman or a tight end, and then we're still blasted him. So I, I thought it was idiotic what McVay did, uh, but maybe you're on to something where, hey, Rams fans that had uh, plus seven and a half or, or plus seven, he, he was trying to uh, do them a favor yesterday. And God bless him. Like I said, Sean McVay, <laughs> like actually my hero. I needed that result in the commanders beating the Broncos yesterday to have a pretty good Sunday. Thank God. Is there a team after two weeks, Nick Costos, that you're like, okay, I'll look into the future market on them to maybe win a division or, or go to a Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl that maybe you weren't that high on heading into the season? Well, I, I you know what? I think if it's to win the Super Bowl, uh, I think it's Dallas. And that's obviously like a really obvious answer to give mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we might come to the end of the season, Zach, and, and, and there's usually like a unit that is kind of the story of a season every year, or like a couple of them, right? Whether it's offense or defense, I think when we get to the end of the season, there's a chance that we will say, like, the story of the NFL regular season, the main story, was the Dallas Cowboys defense. Obviously, like, back-to-back dominant performances to begin the year. Another coming up on deck as the Cowboys visit the Arizona Cardinals. So Dallas, as far as winning the Super Bowl is concerned, is something I was not necessarily on before the season, but something I feel pretty good about right now. And I will, and I'll give you one more. How about I'll give you two more here just as potential playoff teams one would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that point spread on Monday night next week so Monday night football doubleheader next week Eagles and the Bucks and then the Rams and the Bengals I'll talk about the Rams in a second I know we just talked about them but I think the Rams are a lot better than we think I think the Rams can absolutely be a playoff team I did not think that before the year they annihilated annihilated the Seahawks on the road in Seattle in week one then we saw Seattle go on the road yesterday without their starting two offensive tackles and beat a Detroit team to beat the Chiefs in the season opener like the Rams are good um and we'll see if Joe Burrow is going to play in this game I think the Rams like I think they're going to the playoffs if Matthew Stafford stays healthy I don't think they win the division I think the Niners will win the division but I think the Rams are a playoff team in the NFC when it's all said and done and then it's hard not to look right now at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South like I I bet them already against the Eagles on Monday night albeit at a number that no longer exists I like Tampa in the game like Baker Mayfield looks good offensive coordinator Dave Canales I think is going to be a head coach next year in the NFC He's doing a great job with this offense. It's a bad division. I don't think we should discount the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now to potentially win the NFC South. So I'm laughing a little bit just because you're not taking one thing into account. My producer extraordinaire, Hot Take Hickey, was in on the Bucks before the start of the year and also the Rams before the start of the year. And I guess you're not familiar with the Hickey Hex. There are teams that Hickey speaks highly of before the year, and they always find a way to crap the bed. So it's a good start for the Bucks, and it's a good start for the Rams. I'll admit that. But throughout the year, the Hickey Hex is going to prevail. With apologies to uh, to Hickey, uh, I believe that he has no like astrological cosmic power, and I think he has no impact <laughs> over anything that happens. Oh, uh, you know what? Last year, Broncos were the pick to, to go to the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson and Super Bowl MVP. Nathaniel Hackett, top three coach of the year. And all those predictions were shot four weeks into the season. Well, so. I'd say that was less of a hex and more like, and I'm sorry to say put it in this term, Hickey, uh, j- that's just dumb. <laughs> that's not a hex, that's just dumb. I love it. Nick Costa's here with us. Thursday night, Giants and, and 49ers. Uh, no Saquon Barkley, reportedly going to be out for three weeks of that ankle injury that he suffered towards the end of that crazy comeback against the Cardinals. The Niners are a 10.5-point favorite. The over-under is 45. Do you have an early lean on that game? Yeah, I. if I had to bet the game, I'd actually take the 10.5 with the Giants. I make my own point spreads um, in the NFL, and we just came off doing a four-hour show talking about all of this. And my co-host, Ken Barkley, we made the same number, which was San Francisco favored by 10. And that accounts for Saquon Barkley missing the game, which I think we expected kind of like even like last night. Um, so I guess like a slight edge here with the Giants getting 10.5. But if, if you bet... 
on the Giants, you are betting against the team that I actually think is the best team in football. And I I think the Niners are going to be able to name their score in this game. So it's almost like if you bet the Giants, you have to like the over as well, right? So I think if you like the Giants, like a Giants over parlay is correlated because San Francisco scoring in this game. This Giants defense allowed 28 points yesterday to Josh Dobbs and the Arizona Cardinals, and I understand they looked a little better in the second half. Also, that pass rush is non-existent. Kayvon Thibodeau should be on the side of a milk carton. And Dallas <laughs> looked great against them in week number one. So, like, maybe the Giants can cover this spread, but you got to hope that Daniel Jones plays like he did in the second half yesterday against Arizona. Because the Niners are going to be able to name their score in this game. So, like, I think, like, like Zach, like, the best mathematical bet is the Giants to cover the plus 10.5 slight edge there. But, I mean, clicking that button to bet against the 49ers feels really tough. I think this is probably no bet for me on Thursday night on Cider Total. Yeah, this has, like, a 38-10, to, to 14, even a 38-21 type of score. I, I would, early on in the week, lay the points with the Niners. And then, also, I, I like that pick. Of, of maybe going with the over as well with it being at 45. I just want to get your thoughts here on a college football spread, Nick Costos. So Alabama has been a disappointing team this year. Their offense has been non-existent, and we saw that up against USF over the weekend. Uh, Ole Miss at Alabama, is this just because everyone looks at Alabama, they go, oh, it's Alabama, they'll figure it out. But Bama's a seven-point favorite up against Another top 15, top 20 team in Ole Miss. I just, I love that, like, that Nick Nick Saban actually thought he could get away with starting any quarterback on this team not named Jalen Milrow. Like, the Milrow benching was, like, very short-lived, obviously. Like, if you're going to lose to South Florida, potentially, like, the rule is you have to go back to Jalen Milrow, who, like, might not be the best thrower of the football, but, I mean, he's much better than these other options that uh, that Nick Saban's got. So now Milrow's going to start this game against Ole Miss. I think this point spread's probably right. Alabama's a touchdown favorite. I think if you're going to bet Ole Miss in the game with how good Jackson Dart has looked thus far this year. I just play all Miss on the money line, honestly. Mm-hmm. Bet all Miss plus 210. We've seen Bama go down once already at home this year. So in lieu of me taking the seven with Ole Miss on the road. Give me Ole Miss to just go in there and win the game, where if you think Milrow's going to struggle, we know Dart's going to get his. I would just take Mississippi to win this game, Zach. I was talking to your colleague on Ion Football yesterday, Ryan Horvat. He does a great job for BetMGM tonight uh, via BetQL. And it was at halftime of the Lions-Seahawks game, and the Lions were up by seven, and the Seahawks were plus 450 on the money line. And in the moment, I thought it was an error on the app. I couldn't believe... Uh, the Seahawks at any point in that game down seven were plus 450 on the money line, Nick. Yeah, uh, and we saw Seattle do this last year at a similar spot against Detroit. Similar point spread range Crazy. also. Like, like win that game against the Lions. Um, Yeah, like it's kind of like I- I'm a little peeved at that game because I laid it with Detroit and I feel like the Lions... I don't want to say they were the right side. That's sour grapes on my part. But hey, the Lions like slammed them in the box score. They turned it over three times. The Seahawks didn't turn it over once. And the Seahawks still like barely won the game in overtime. Some questionable officiating. But look, like Geno played great. He was absolutely nails. And you'll see this sometimes, Zach, to the point that you're making about these live the live uh the live point spreads, right? And the live money lines. Like it's not a person that's doing that. Like, it's not a human being that's saying, hey, here's what I think the live line of the game should be. It's an algorithm based on what the point spread was before the game. So, like, Detroit, you know, um, closes the game as a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Now they're up by seven. Of course they're going to be a huge price on the money line to win. But that's where, Zach, you, as someone with a brain, right, not a computer, can say, hey, like, I I, I think Geno's slinging the ball pretty well here. I know they can score on this Lions defense. Honestly, that's a great job by you. And just something to keep in mind for people that like to live bet. Again, it's not a human that's making 
taking these live numbers. It's a computer, and it's all based on the pregame spread. You can definitely take advantage of live markets, especially when there are injuries. All righty, last thing for Nick Costos. College football this weekend, early read, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Ohio State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And then you also have uh, Florida State, Clemson. Uh, Florida State is a two-point favorite. I like Florida State this weekend, and uh, I also like um, uh, Notre Dame plus the three and a half points. How about yeah, yourself? I'll start. I'll start with the game I like, and we'll close with the game that I love. Um, I like Notre Dame um, with a number above three. My sense is Zach that if you like you personally, and anyone listening, if you like Notre Dame in this game, my sense is that this is going to go down to three. Yeah. So like, if you now. like. Yeah, so if you like Ohio State, I would wait until later in the week. I think you will get an opportunity to lay three, which you would much rather do than lay three and a half. And if you like Notre Dame, I would look to bet this game sooner rather than later. Once it's three, I don't have a lot of interest in Notre Dame. I think three is the right number in the game. So three and a half would be a bet for me on Notre Dame with Sam Hartman at home. Notre Dame definitely has the better quarterback in the game. Now, I like that game. I love Florida State. I'm with you on Florida State. And this number's been bet up, Zach, over the course of the day today. This was like Florida State 1, then it was 1.5. Now we're sitting at about 2, Florida State a road favorite against Clemson. Uh, I, I think Florida State should be more than a 3-point favorite in this game. Uh, what we've seen from Florida State is that maybe they're the best team in the country, and Clemson lost to Duke. And I get that like that loss to Duke was a little wonky with all like the red zone turnovers. Also, they lost to Duke. Like, they lost to Duke, and Florida State might be the best team. And Florida State's favored by two on the road? Just like, no way. I think Florida State slams Clemson in this game. I think the Seminoles are way good in this spot. So, like, I like Notre Dame plus three and a half. I love Florida State laying anything under a touchdown here on the road at Clemson. I almost want to call it a, a funeral type of game where Clemson has been the standard in the ACC for so many years, and now it feels like there's a changing of the guard in the ACC with what Mike Norvell's been able to do. Yeah, I kind of think maybe Jordan Travis should wear black to the game, yeah. man. Make it, make, make it a funeral here for Clemson. I absolutely love it, especially for our bet. All righty, Nick Costos. Always enjoy our chats. We'll do it again next week. Thank Zach, you. Zach, appreciate it, man. Wishing you and all your listeners minimal sweats, winning bets. The absolute very best of luck. There he is, the most energetic betting person on the radio, the great Nick Costos with us each and every week on CBS Sports Radio at 7.20 p.m. Eastern, 4.20 p.m. Pacific. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Zach Gelb Show. Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Poll question today. 
Will Colorado beat either Oregon or USC? Those are their matchups the next two weeks during Eugene this weekend and back in Boulder the weekend after that. Uh, just Oregon, just USC, both or neither. Um, 66.5% is on neither slash no. 15.5% uh, is just Oregon. 12.1% says both. And 5.7% says just USC. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Big week for this guy. Mike in Abilene, Texas. You got the Ohio State Buckeyes going to touchdown Jesus to do battle with the Notre Dame fighting Irish. And here is Mike in Abilene, Texas, to give us his thoughts on the game. Mike, what's happening? Hey, my guy. How are we doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic, but I could just sense from your lack of energy right here, you're not all that confident with your Buckeyes. Man, it's not the Buckeyes, it's the quarterback, and I think he does have to have the talent. But I think mentally is I don't think he I don't think he has it. Um the key to success for us this weekend is for that guy to just relax a little bit and understand, bro, you are more than good enough. Look at what you are surrounded with. Yeah, right. But those are eyes open, mouth shut, ears open like satellite dishes. Do what your coach tells you to do. Keep a positive attitude. Um, I, I think this is going to be a test for both of us. I just I look at our, you know, Notre Dame schedule thus far and our schedule thus far, and I don't know about you, but um, I just we haven't been tested. And um, this is the I first big game for good. both teams. There's no doubt about it. Hey, here's my biggest concern: if I was a fan of the Buckeyes, which I'm obviously not, the the last <laughs> two years against Michigan. The running backs bullied the Ohio yep. State defense, and also in the trenches you saw that. This is a really good Notre Dame offensive line, and I know everyone's talking about Sam Hartman, who could have a Heisman moment this weekend, but Audric Estime, the running back, is having a great start to the season. That would be my biggest concern if I'm Ohio State this weekend, how to defend that offensive line in Estime. I would agree. Um, the defense looks better, I think, than we have in the past two seasons, but still not the defenses of old where you just know there's somebody on the field that is eventually going to wreak havoc and, you know, put a stop to any comeback, any, you know, any, oppo any opponent, you know, getting a lead on us. We don't have that. So um, I'm not really that, – that's, that's my big thing. I don't – You think this is a 50-50 game, it sounds like. It wouldn't surprise really you if do. they lose. It wouldn't really surprise do. you if they win. You think this is coming right down to the wire like three- or four-point game, it feels like. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see a, a gener, you know, a, a convincing win from either squad. They're at home. Last time we played them, I think we were in. It was either at our house, the shoe, or it was a bowl game. They haven't been successful against us recent recent meetings. Um, but neither has Oregon, and I learned my lesson from that um, <laughs> a few years ago. You mentioned the trenches. That's how Oregon beat us. They yep. ran all over us. So I'm not. CJ Verdell, if memory serves me right, but, was the running back for for Oregon that day. Right. Yeah. Well, and uh, I, before I, before you guys let me go, I I wanted to talk about Dion and, and Colorado. It's pretty cool to see. Um, I'm a big fan of Dion myself. Um, I do think that there is uh, way more um, energy for a college entity than maybe has ever been seen before. Part of that is because who's behind it, Dion, but. The other part, and he played like this last year, but this is the difference between playing on a small stage and playing on the biggest stage possible. Shadur, man, 
So here, I, I told I told Ryan I got a little prediction. So here's a here's a nice one for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I we all know that he is going. He is all about his son, and his son is all about him. He's not staying at Colorado when his son gets drafted. I mean, I just I think the better story and the better path to his ultimate end goal, which is to be to win a Super Bowl um, in the NFL and win more than one Super Bowl. He's not. He's Dion. He's not stopping at just oh well, we made the playoff. Oh, I want to call it. No, he wants to go as far as he can. And I am a suffering, miserable Cowboys fan. And if Jerry Jones is good for one thing, he's good for spending money and making headlines. And what better headlines than the return of prime time to Dallas? But now we have Junior, and I, I know he's got a Junior, but Shadur would be taking that term. Um, I, I I have a bold prediction that. Maybe we see Dion in the NFL, and maybe it's the Cowboys who get his son Shadur, and maybe, just maybe, by that time, we're sick and tired, finally, of Mike McCarthy. And uh, we well, well, Mike, I, I love you, and thanks for the phone call. we got to let you run, but I don't think today's the day to be making the, the pitch to get rid of Dak Prescott and, and Mike McCarthy with the start the Cowboys are off to. And Dion said it this weekend, Hickey. Do you believe him that he doesn't have NFL aspirations because he doesn't think the way that he wants to, uh, paraphrasing here, wants to coach these guys and and really th- the way that he coaches resonates with with pro athletes. I do believe him. I think he's right. $40 million guys, it's hard to listen to his inspirational messages of motivation if you know your bank account is still going to be you know fat going home after the game. I do believe him. Now, how long will Dion stay, Coach Prime, stay at Colorado? Because is his son, do you think his son's definitely gone at the end of the year? Does he... Run it back one more time uh, w- w- uh, with the old man as the uh, as the head coach of the Buffaloes. I don't think he's definitely gone. I obviously I think how this season plays out is is also going to be in large part of it. I don't think it's a guarantee that he's going to leave and go be a first round draft pick. I think there's a chance he comes back, especially since Travis Hunter is going to be back next year too, and a lot of the guys they recruited probably will return. I could see them running it back next so year. So you know how Dion ranks his sons, I mean, or is his children actually? And who, who's his favorite child? He, he he said something in an interview. I, it may have been with Rich Eisen, where he's like, oh, I may have to knock Shiloh, uh, uh, Shador down a, a, a few spots because he, he could be leaving the uh, the old man after this season. So I wouldn't be shocked if he returns, but I'm leading more so that he's going to the NFL next year. And I put out a video over the weekend. The NFC needs Shador Sanders. Uh, look how many good young quarterbacks there are in the AFC. But here were the four destinations that I tossed out there uh, in the NFC. If Geno regresses this year, which had a big performance yesterday, Shador would be awesome with the Seahawks. I would love to see Shador be the new face of the Commanders. But then here are the other two destinations. What about Shador Sanders in Minnesota with Justin Jefferson? And also, what about Atlanta? One of Coach Prime's former teams, and you have Bijan Robinson and Shador Sanders lining up in, in the same backfield. That would be something. That would be electric. And if Kyle Pitts could be the Kyle Pitts that we saw in uh, um, at Florida in college, and, and Drake London, who had a touchdown over the weekend, could do what he did at USC. Oh, whole lot of names there on that offensive side of the ball for Shador Sanders to go walk into. There was rumors last year of the Rams maybe looking to move on from Matthew Stafford. If they do that this offseason, put him in L.A., Sean McVay, uh, Shador Sanders, it's uh, Hollywood. It would be fun uh, to watch. Well, fun to watch. What's up with you becoming the biggest Ram fan on the planet all of a sudden? No, you're tossing out like realistic, right? Realistic NFC teams. I think that's a realistic possibility. Well, I'll give you an AFC team that I didn't even think about until I saw the video of them at the game this weekend. Russell Wilson continues to play like this. Sean Payton, 
Shador Sanders together at mile high. You don't have to move that far away from dad who's coaching the Colorado Buffaloes. Could be the best of both worlds there if you're Shador Sanders. If you're a Buffs fan, it's probably actually what you want to keep Dion there as long as possible. Yeah. Maybe having his son in town keeps him there maybe a little bit longer than otherwise normally he would stay. So if you're a Buffs fan, root for that. Root for Russell to keep on stinking, even though most likely is a crossover. Don't let Russ Cook is, is going to start trending uh, in Denver. I will say, though, I have been a proponent of Coach Prime, and I said before the start of this year he should have got an SEC job, and if I was Auburn, I would have hired him. Now, you know, Hugh Freeze, we know, is a good coach. He just got to get out of his own way off the field. I do believe that it's inevitable that Coach Prime is going to get a big-time SEC job one day. I, I do believe him, and I usually don't believe coaches when they say they're not going to leave. I do believe him that he's not going to leave to go to the NFL. But there's going to be if this continues – with how much buzz there is, I'm sure that there's going to be some NFL teams calling after this year, and then we'll see really what his word is uh, worth. Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. We'll take a break. We'll come on back. Five questions, five answers. A little onsides, offside next. We do this every Monday and Friday right here, but where else? CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 